This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. All righty then. Good morning. I'm Jim Lang and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, Alistar, also known as Uber Capper, is the national racing analyst for the American-based company Equibase. And Ellis can also be found writing various blogs that analyze races at several North American thoroughbred racetracks. Ellis also has a widely distributed weekly features race article that appears not only in the Equibase website, but also in America's Best Racing. And over 20 years ago, he was the first to publish his handicapping selections on the internet, which became an instant hit as Ellis would also share the methodology he used behind his selections and analysis. One track that Ellis provided a race of the day analysis for now is Woodbine. And just this past week, Woodbine had Ellis provide an article on how to handicap the track's two turf courses called the Inside Track and Woodbine Turf Racing. The feature was shared this past week by Woodbine Social Media just in time for the official start of the track's grass racing racing schedule, which began this past Thursday. Just as an aside, Ellis's race of the day play on Thursday produced a nice win bet and also a winning exactor play. How about that? Shortly, we will meet Ellis Starr on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, to learn more about this handicapping prowess that he possesses in his handicapping guest spot on the Woodbine website. In addition, while well, Fort Erie Racetrack opened for their 2022 racing series this past Tuesday, and what a response from the Fort Erie betters as the track saw an opening day handle of just over $1.6 million. Antoinette Akulik is Fort Erie's marketing manager and part of the team that have worked tirelessly to contribute to a tremendous betting handle on Fort Erie's opening day last Tuesday. And shortly, we will welcome Antoinette to the show for the first time and talk more about not just opening day, but moving forward in some of the major race dates that we'll see this year at the much-anticipated, well-liked Fort Erie Oval. Also today, what would a show be without a visit for Mark McKelvey? Friend of the show, right? Communications manager, Woodbine Entertainment. And to say that there was a lot going on both at Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park would certainly be an understatement, but we're going to say it anyway. Today, Mark will bring up and get us up to speed in some grand circuit racing that takes place tonight at Woodbine Mohawk Park and also take a look at the plethora of stakes races. I like that word. That we will see the two Woodbine turf courses over the summer, including the Ladies of the Lawn Series, which consists of three premier turf races for Phillies and Mayor the Grade 2 Dance Smartly, the Grade 2 Canadian Stakes, and the Grade 1 EP Taylor Stakes. Shortly, Mark will speak not only about this rate, but also some of the upcoming happenings at Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park. And finally, while he's back, co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks that are racing today with our Ponies Picks today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Oh my goodness, it's going to be a great show. So you better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, my co-host, I love this guy, Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing, horse racing news. This is Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from dark horse to winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. 
Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horseman's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government, and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you my co-host, the expert and all things the god of all things ponies larry simpson who wrote this script larry how are you i'm doing okay how about you good i saw that one. what the what the what i, I wondered if you were going to catch that <laughs> how are you larry it's been quite a week it has been it has been it's been a very interesting week yeah to say the least yeah. uh also uh, a bit of a sad week for friends of horse racing in north america yeah uh famed jockey lester piggott passed away uh, earlier this week at uh, he was about 86 years old and a lot of people probably don't recognize the name because he spent most of his riding career over in England but uh, he was considered the the god of of horse racing and uh he just to give you an idea he won a record 30 british classics hmm. between 1954 and 1992 he was 11-time riding champion in England he was the last jockey to win England's triple crown riding Najinsky the second who has some canadian ties and uh, that was, uh, he, he had wins in the 2000 Guineas, the Derby and the St. Leger Stakes in 1970. And uh, here's a real funny story about him. He, he was actually known to really have a desire and he'd do anything to win a race. And as an example, he wanted to ride a horse by the name of uh, Comanche Run in the St. Leger Stakes. And so he went to the owner of uh, Comanche Run and said that, uh, he wanted to win the St. Leger, and, you know, he thought the owner needed to win the St. Leger, so who better to ride the horse than Lester Piggott, Lester Piggott, right? So, uh, anyways, it was a, actually the regular rider was a, a, a North American jockey that had been riding over in England, but... Uh, uh, so I guess Lester said, well, that jockey, he couldn't ride a bicycle. <laughs> so, <laughs> long story short, Lester Piggott ended up... Uh, uh, winning the race, uh, the, the St. Leger, and uh, later on he rode for the Queen, and uh, in 2019 he was honoured uh, by the Queen herself and had a, a special uh, ceremony where a statue, a bronze statue, was unveiled by the Queen. So, uh, so when you say, sorry, ride for the <clears throat> Queen, I mean... The Queen's horses, yeah. The, so the Queen, so people yeah. don't realize she had horses. She, that, yeah, she had horses, and uh, she's had horses up to... Uh, a while and, and uh, 
Uh, I believe she probably still has a few now. And uh, in fact, there was something on the internet this week that a couple of the horses that were in the procession oh, were for some, the celebration were some of her retired ah, horses okay. that for the celebration. But uh, but getting back to Lester Piggott, uh, Woodbine racegoers, they may remember him winning the Canadian International with Dahlia in, in uh, 1974. Um, he retired in November of 1994 on his uh, 59th birthday. A um, couple of other notes. Uh, he started riding at age 10. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. He won his first race at age 12. So he was a, he was a late bloomer, I guess. <laughs> and uh, he won 4,493 races on the, on the flat, which is the, the dirt or the uh, turf, and 20 over the hurdles. So, uh, yeah, wow. he, he, was, uh, he was quite a, quite a jockey. Well, Ella Stars recognized as North American handicapper and under the handle Uber Capper, also the national racing analyst for Equibase, and through his weekly features race article, which appears in the Equibase website, Ella shares the special methodology he uses behind his selections and analysis he produces on a daily basis. And one track that Ellis provides a race of the day analysis for is Woodbine. And just this past week, Woodbine had Ellis provide an article on how to handicap their two featured esteemed turf courses called the Inside Track and Woodbine Turf Racing. Ellis, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's very nice to talk about racing, particularly this week. It's a great turf racing opening for the meet at Woodbine. Well, I mean, it's not every day we have someone known as the Uber Capper. What's it take to be an Uber Capper in horse racing? Uh, the, the name came from uh, a long time ago. I, I've been a racing analyst doing uh, selections for websites and other things and many, many years ago when I started, when I wanted to start a website, my own, uh, my son, who was a young man at the time, probably a preteen, he said, why don't you call yourself the Uber Capper? Because that means you're the best. <laughs> so I thought it was a little audacious, but I went with it and it stuck ever since. Nice. Where did the interest in horse racing come from, from for you, uh, Ellis? Oh, I've been going to the races since I was a young man, eight, uh, eight years old, growing up in Southern California and when racing one of the scenes, heyday, and uh, my father and I used to go on the weekends uh, either to Hollywood Park or to Del Mar, to San Anita, uh, to Los Alamitos, and then Hollywood Park had uh, standard rail racing in the 70s, and we would sometimes do a double header to Del Mar in the morning, Hollywood Park in the evening, so it came through that a whole lot. And then later in life, um, when... Um, I had a family business and was looking for something else to do. I answered an ad from a company called Trackmaster, which was the first company in the, the world, practically, I believe, definitely North America, to be providing uh, past performances and some enhanced data uh, on the Internet. And that was just when the Internet was started in 1996. It, was a very, uh, it wasn't really Windows at that point. Everything was still kind of the blue screen, the DOS screen, and five and a quarter floppy disks, and um, got my... That went to work for them, and we talked to a lot of racing fans and found out what they wanted, um, and then kind of just moved from there. Uh, in addition, people would always call up and not only want the data, but they always wanted to ask, you know, what, what would you do? So we decided to, besides selling the data, we decided to start doing selection and methodology, and that's when I made the choice to, in addition to everything else and being a racing fan and better myself, to do these kinds of selections for tracks that would be interested in doing it and the blogs that I do. A lot of people hear your story, Alice, and think, well, I would like to do that. So what was the tipping point for you where you left the family business and decided to become a full-time handicapper? 
Well, at that point, there was really nothing on the Internet, and um, the Racing Forum, of course, had a want-ad section, so I answered a want-ad <laughs> for Trackmaster, which was a startup in Silicon Valley. Um, but that was it. But I mean, I've talked to a lot of people over the years that have asked about doing selections and doing things like that, and I've said, you know, send send what you've got, send your, send your content uh, to a track, you know, hone it, uh, put it on your own website, and then, you know... It, if it's good, someone will pick it up. Uh, I'm, I'm blessed right now in that I do, again, as you mentioned, the race of the day at Woodbine. I do a race of the day for Santa Anita, Keeling when they're running, and then the Echo Base Race of the Week. It's all the blogs uh, that people can find links to from my Uber Capital handle. So it's just a matter of just deciding what kind of voice you want to give to, I think, what you want to provide to people. And one of the things I try and do, you mentioned, is when I write these selections, even a simple one like the one today, which is maybe a paragraph and a half, not only, you know, making selections, but letting people see what went into my thoughts of why I picked a horse and things they can see exactly in the PPs themselves. Nothing, no inside information. This is just how someone looks at a race. And, you know, I think everybody that looks at races can decide for themselves what factors are important or not. And then as the horses, you know, prove those factors out or not, you know, whether they're working or not, and you, you kind of dump some and you add some others. Talk about the article that you uh, did this week, uh, the inside track on Woodbine Turf Racing. Uh, uh, why did you write it, and what were you trying to accomplish through that? Oh, it was a ton of fun. I mean, yeah, I'm, I look forward to Woodbine Suit Turf Course, especially with the inner now. You know, this is like the first really full season because of the pandemic, and it's so unique, the inner course. And um, we have a product, Equibase has a product called Race Lens, which I can use to do some queries. I don't have to hire a program anymore, so I did some research on it. But, you know, I was asked to write it, and I thought, this is going to be really, really cool. And just to kind of few nuggets, uh, specific nuggets about what people can look for um, when they handicap the turf races at Woodbine and, of course, the the EPK other races are much different because they're on the outside and they have a big sweeping turn and the inner races, of course, are much narrower. So they have a little nuance to them, but I, I, I kind of in my head had some feelings for what was important and not, but not until I saw the data did it, you know, come out. So I wanted to do that and share it with people so they can use it, you know, in their handicapping, especially the first few weeks. Which I think some of these, some of these factors that I mentioned may be, a little more profitable at the beginning of the meet, and they might be later on as people tend to see them more. Speaking with Star, the Uber capper, and to that end, when you talk about your methodology and your analytics, you were getting into the minutia of turf racing as opposed to the PETA, as opposed to dirt. Handicapping is different on the three services, according to you. Oh, absolutely. No, no question. And I, I, I work with a lot of groups at the races around the country, particularly at my home track in Keelan and Derby Week at Churchill Downs and a lot of people that don't go very often. And, you know, I always kind of surprise them by saying that races are run entirely different on the main track, whether it's a Tapita track or whether it's uh, a dirt track versus a turf track. Because from the moment horses are breaking out of the gate uh, in almost every race on the main track, they're going to be slowing down. And if you ever look at the velocity numbers, we're working with a, a company called TPD, which uh, is actually doing Woodbine right now and putting out some charts on the Echoes website. They show velocity and miles per hour, and horses are slowing down, um, with, with some exception. And Rich Strike, when he won the Derby, actually speeded up in the last quarter mile, which is highly unusual compared to the quarter mile before that. But So that's one nuance people have to remember, and that's turf racing 
you know, you want a horse that can run about the same pace and then accelerate, provided they have a course of place to run, because the turf courses can be narrow, particularly the inner turf. And if a horse is ready to run and has no you know, path, um, there's not much anybody can do about it. It's not like a car. There's no gas pedal. You can't take your foot <laughs> off the pedal and then put it again. So that, that, that's, but it's something to note, of course, for next time. Of course, that's stymied. Um, you'll do that, but certainly that. And, and on the inner, you know, it was really interesting. One of the things I looked at, especially the five foot long races, um, the one, two, and three positions, um, I won 70% of the time, which is about average, but 50% in the money. And that's no matter for field size. Because some races, I think I look at races that were less than seven and eight or more. And what was very interesting was just random betting on the one, two, and three horses in each of the 119 races that at the five furlongs on the turf resulted in a 7% profit. Can you imagine? You just go and say, I'm not going to handicap. I never recommend this, of course. But <laughs> no. you know, I'll just bet $2 to win on one, two, and three in every five furlong turf race on the inner track. And for every $100 you bet, you're going to get $107 back. I mean, it's it's striking how some of these things just come out and when you start looking at statistics. I don't use a lot of statistics, by the way, on a handicap. I mean, it's more art than science, but this is certainly something that opened my eyes to... Uh, to what I'm going to look at when I look at the inner turf races, particularly the shorter ones. But Alice, it would be kind of fun for an experiment just to put a couple dollars and use your your theory just to see how it works. Yeah, my only concern is that it was great for the first three years, and this year it doesn't work. But you know, you like to say you like to say that past performance is indicative of success. I, I, I'm not, I do not have a master's in statistics, but I will say that looking at the total number of horses in that sample. Um, which was uh, 100 and 100, 108, I believe, um, that 108 horses is not enough to say that it's going to be affected going forward, even though I certainly hope it would be. But it would be interesting to do that. You mentioned earlier about handicapping being an art and a science. Uh, describe yourself yep. as, a, as a handicapper, uh, are you like an an angles player, or do you have a, a favorite angle, a handicapping angle that's kind of like a go-to angle for you? Well, that's a fantastic question, and the answer is yes and no. Every race, anybody that ever bets the races, whether it's casually or every day, I think um, if they thought about their methodology, it would be what race, what what about that race presents itself. So, you know, if I'm looking at a claiming race, I'm looking at claiming races and horses past. So I'm looking at uh, a two-turn race. I'm looking at two-turn race from horses past. But some of the things just fall into place from that. One of the reasons I did that in the article, which I hope everybody will read, is besides the turf, the, the information about the two turf courses, the UB Taylor and the inner, I did kind of tie in my normal handicapping philosophy, which is looking for races from horses past, which could make it a contender, and then deciding whether those races are repeatable. And then when you get down to two or three or four horses, you just have to ask yourself which one is more likely and then look at the odds board. If you're going to make a win better, you can box them up in an exact. You know, I, I know we were very excited to have you on, Alice. And, and something Larry and I talked about before you came on is handicapping in the Internet. How did you know the handicapping world would just eat up handicapping selections on the web? Oh, that's a really interesting question. I think we just got lucky. So I have to harken back to 1996, of course, which is you know, almost three decades ago, um, when Windows had just come out. The world was, you know, the average computer user was, well, I guess, my age now, <laughs> between 50 and 65. <laughs> and, and um, you know, we just 
took a shot and we decided to do um, a selection a day for a racetrack, uh, you know, a couple paragraphs, a few hundred words. And within like a month or two, we had like 10,000 hits a day. And we had no idea because before that, to be honest, um, I always felt that some of the people that did selections were a little bit below board. I mean, you know, I, I remember going to the track with my dad, Santa Anita, and we'd go and we'd leave after the first or second race because he had to go back to work. And, you know, in the parking lot, and this was the days of mini-grass, you know, there was like a hundred sheets spread out and said, oh, here was our selection for the first race today. We nailed it cold. Call tomorrow to get the picks. <laughs> you know, it, was very, it was very sleazy. And so, you know, it was one of those things we did, but we made the decision uh, to be completely up front. The midnight, uh, 12.01 a.m., the day after the races, we put everything out there, and they could see what they would have paid for the day before. We used it for a year for free. Um, and, and so being able to do that, it, we thought it was quite ethical and it paid off as well because people could see what there was. And then we've, we've kind of branched off of the Nickel Basin Trackmaster into so many similar things of giving people lots of free data as well as, you know, free selections and stuff. But I just didn't know it was, it truly was just, let's take a shot in the dark and let's see if people like this. What was it that sold you on horse racing, Ellis? Was it? You hit a big winner, or was there an actual horse or an actual race that that still comes to mind and say, "Gee, I want to be part of this business." Well, there's two answers to that one. That's a great question as well because you know going to the track with my dad was the time we could bond, and I loved it. I loved the intellectual challenge. He used to buy a lot of tip sheets, and I would try to just handicap the race. Um, so we had different opinions in a lot of the races there, and I think. You know, what sold me on it was, again, the intellectual challenge, the fact that you could decide to take a contrarian view to the public at large and pet a horse at higher odds, and if you were right, you got rewarded. And then I met a guy, uh, Dick Mitchell, the late Dick Mitchell, who was a, a pretty nice author. He wrote two or three books. His first book was called Modern Investment, The Races, and it wasn't about buying you know, million-dollar horses at auctions. Um, it was He was a math professor from a city college, and he was the first one that said the problem with people at the races for their whole lives was they were always betting the best horse. They weren't betting the best bet. Now we, we think about it all the time now with stocks and bonds. You know, you don't necessarily bet the most likely one. You bet the one with the most upside. And mm. if you're wrong, you're mm. wrong. But if you're right often enough, you make a profit. So that's what really got me, even from all the fun of handicapping and that, and and, you know, sharing my opinions with people was figuring out, oh, now there's a whole different nuance. It doesn't, it, it did not, you know, it, it won't make everybody a, a huge winner, but it certainly cuts down losses. When you are betting on horses that might be the second or third best horse, if the race is run, you know, 50 or 100 times, but the horse at the higher odds, because when you win, you don't need to win more, as often as when you're betting the favorite. I do still like a good name horse, though, sometimes, <laughs> Ellis. I, I can't lie. Ellis, thank you so oh, much. My, my Go ahead. You know, my 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 favorite horse was AP Indy. I mean, he was yeah. he was uh, just a fantastic. I yeah. to watch him run in the maiden race, and um, I remember a handicap at the time. It was, I believe it was his second start, and he said, uh, "Old Mother Hubbard," and then he wrote what that means. Old Mother Hubbard means go to the cupboard and take everything out and bet it on the horse. And uh, I just thought that was fascinating. But <laughs> you know, he was so dogged and determined, of course. And, um, you know, won the Belmont Stakes. He ran with his head down lower um, at Alphas. Of course, Zenyatta, um, I have to say, just an Alpha female. It was just so fun to watch. And the horses in the eye. Till this day, there are a number I can't really come with too many right now. 
Um, they're just such fantastic athletes uh, that you know that do have the physical ability to back up their mental prowess. Ellis, an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for this great insight for Larry and I. Great insight for our listeners. All the best. That's why you are the Uber Capper. A pleasure. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Have a great weekend. You too. When we come back, Ford Aries' Antoinette Kulik will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSTA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSTA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSTA website at costaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, this past Tuesday, the Fort Erie Thoroughbred racing season got underway, and from a number standpoint, it was a betting success, and joining us today on the show is the track's marketing manager, Antonetta Kulik. Antonetta, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. You had good weather. You had a decent turnout. You had a pretty good wagering uh, amount of money spent on that day. It's all in all a nice way to kick off the 2022 season. You know, we couldn't have asked for anything better. Like you said, we had a fantastic turnout and people were so happy to be back. So happy to be back to racing, to live events. It was just, it was a great day. What was the attendance like? Uh, definitely over 5,000 people. It really? was a, a packed house all day from the first race and right until, you know, our concert at the end of the night. It was a busy, busy day. People, uh, you know, a lot of people like to stay for the whole thing, but some people kind of come in, uh, in and out, stay for a few races. So it was full seat, uh, full house all day. You know, Antoinette, we've been speaking to a lot of people from different tracks and whether it's thoroughbred or standardbred across the province, and they're finding a lot of pent-up demand because of the pandemic. Is that a similar theme at Fort Erie? You know what? I think so. We have a lot of really loyal fans who haven't really been able to come for the last two seasons, especially our fans in the in the states, right? We have a lot of people who come up from, you know, the Buffalo area who like to come to Fort Erie Racetrack. So being able to come back, there was a lot of really happy fans. Uh, happy people and then uh, on the same side we had we definitely saw a lot of new people 
uh, who have never been to Fort Erie Racetrack before, who were looking for something fun to do, looking for something outdoors, uh, you know, a little safer when you're, you know, outside in the in the open air. And so it was a nice combination. It was nice to see those familiar faces and, you know, you know, get to touch base with, you know, our local fans again, and then also to meet some new people and, you know, have them experience what horse racing is like. What do you think accounted for the uh, new people, Antoinette? Is it the... Uh uh, the the industry, the promotion that the industry has been doing, like Ontario Racing and Woodbine and that, or were there some other things? You know, I really do think it was a combination of a lot of things. Knowing that, uh, you know, we haven't had fans for a long time, we really did a lot of promotions, a lot of, you know, advertising to try and attract people and let people know that we are racing again. You know, in Ontario Racing and OLG, they've been doing a lot of advertising and promotion. That definitely pays off. I think when all the tracks work together to promote the industry and, and to promote racing, it's good for all of us, right? We need to work together more across the province, I think. And then uh, at the same time, I think, like I said, uh, people who haven't been able to do stuff for the last two years um, are really looking forward to getting back to events this summer. And I know there's a lot of stuff planned for this year. And, you know, you see people are planning festivals and events and that sort of stuff again. Our opening day was May 31st, so it's kind of still really early in the year, not too much happening yet. And I think that's what, um, you know, kind of attracted a lot of people. It was a beautiful day. Uh, you know, finally, we had a late, a late kind of start to summer here in Niagara. It's been, you know, wet and kind of cold. So I think finally the weather is nice. Stuff is happening. People wanted to get out to the, you know, to do something. And that, that worked out for us. Indeed. Speaking of Fort Erie's marketing manager, Antoinette Kulik. And, of course, everyone's getting ready for the Prince of Wales, Tuesday, September the 13th, the 87th running of the Prince of Wales Stakes. But between now and then, you also have a number of important races as well. Why don't you tell the listeners of some of the other stakes races leading up to the Prince of Wales? We have, um, of course, I think everyone's favorite race is the Puss in Boots Cup. Uh, people <laughs> love that. That's the one where, uh, for those who don't know the history, I think probably almost 50 years ago now, a horse named Puss in Boots was, you know, running the race, re- uh, leading at the top of the stretch, and decided, you know what, I'm going to jump in the infield pond and, and went for a little <laughs> swim. So we we have a, a horse, a uh, race, sorry, and that horse is honor every year. And uh, I think probably about 20 years ago, if I remember my history correctly, uh, one of the trainers said, you know what, if I win this race, I'm going to, or the owners, I think, if I win this race, I'm going to jump in the pond too. And so ever since then, we've kind of had the winning connections make that same jump into our infield pond. So people like to watch that race. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, people, um, the, you know, jockeys, owners, trainers, I think all are a little bit nervous, but also excited to make that jump because it is a, a fun tradition that we have. So a lot of people look forward to that. And that is the Labor Day Monday. Just make sure you take uh, your cell phone out of your suit jacket yeah. before you do that. Right? <laughs> cell phones, keys, keys. Laws, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, Antoinette, yeah. can you continue? Uh, and then, uh, of course, we have uh, other races like the Molson Cup, and um, that, that runs, you know, kind of the same time of year. On Prince of Wales Day, we have those two um uh, forgive me, I forget the names uh, right now, but the, I believe one is the Rondo Bay Stakes. Those are part of the Canadian uh, Heritage Series that's between us and Woodbine for uh, three-year-old thoroughbreds as well. And those two races are going to be running on Prince of Wales Day. Um, and then outside of, you know, horse racing, we have two very important uh, races coming up as well that, you know, a lot of fans come to. It's the Wiener Dog Races. Those are happening on July 17th. <laughs> and the Basset Hound Races on August 14th. And those are very, very big days that a lot of people look forward to. So we've uh, they've become a very important part of our, our stakes card as well. <laughs> but unfortunately, you can't bet on them, right? <laughs> unfortunately, no. Those are non-wagering events, but they are family favorites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talk about yourself a bit. Uh, uh, 
what was what's your background and uh, how did you get involved with the uh, with the racetrack? Well, I uh, this is my seventh season coming up at Fort Erie Racetrack. It's crazy to think that I've been here uh, so long. I'm kind of born and raised in Fort Erie. I've you know lived here all my life. I'll, I'll admit that I was never really. Um, big into horse racing uh, before I started at the track, but it's kind of something that I've grown to love over my, over my time at the the track and really uh, developed a a huge appreciation for the sport and the people that work in the industry. We have, I think the hardest working people around uh, super passionate about what they do. And uh, you know, as an outsider coming into the industry, I think that was one of the things that really, you know, grabbed me is that, you know, the people who are part of horse racing absolutely love horses and horse racing. So it's a, it's a great industry to be part of. I love it. Is it possible for you to pick out a few key moments from your time at Fort Erie that kind of make your hair in the back of your neck stand up going, man, that's still exciting to think about. Um, So I think my first Prince of Wales day, I had attended a few Prince of Wales, you know, races uh, before I started at the track, but I think being actually part of that race, part of that day to me, that was a big, you know, like, wow, like this is an awesome event. Um, So that was really exciting. There was a few other, you know, kind of, um, days I can look back to a few of our opening days where we've really tried to like push, um, you know, bigger events and bigger crowds. And it's always really, really exciting to me when you see, uh, the fans just filling the stands the way we have this most recent opening day. It's really great when you see so many people, uh, out from the community, um, supporting racing, attending our, our racing and, and really having a great time. And I think that that's one of the things that I really enjoy about the, the job is, you know, getting to, to see so many people out and like really develop relationships, like I said, with a lot of local fans who are who are here every race day, and you you get to know. And uh, I appreciate that part of the job for sure. And I think probably for our listeners, we should probably uh, talk about your your racing schedule. What days are you racing? And if people want to come and watch the races and that, what what's the dining opportunities like for them if they want to maybe have a meal or that. We are racing primarily Mondays and Tuesdays throughout the season, Mondays at 1 p.m. and Tuesdays at 4 p.m. until Labor Day, and then it's Mondays and Tuesdays at 1. Uh, But we do have three special event racing days uh, this summer, and those are on Sundays. So our first coming up will be Father's Day, Sunday, June 19th. And then we have, like I mentioned, the Wiener Dog races on July 17th and the Basset Hounds on August 14th. Those are all three of our special event Sundays. So uh, we're looking forward to those days, and um, I think... Uh, the people who aren't able to attend on, you know, a weekday are really going to appreciate those days as well. And then, of course, with uh, On Track, we have a lot of, you know, bars and concession stands that, you know, people can grab something to eat from. But we do have the turf side dining room as well. And that is our, you know, dining room overlooking the infield. Uh, great food up there. It's a great atmosphere. It usually fills up pretty quickly. So if you're looking to attend the dining room, I suggest making a reservation. And people can find that information on our website. I know that, Antoinette, this has been a challenge for a lot of people, Larry, you've spoken to over the last few months uh, with horses and the horse population at respective tracks. How many horses are currently stable at Fort Erie? Uh, I believe it was around 370 at the last time uh, I talked to our you know, uh, staff about it, which I think was last week. So around 370, maybe 380 horses, which is up about 70 horses from uh, last year, which is really fantastic. I don't know where they're coming from, but uh, it's great to see our horse population grow and that'll hopefully help with our, our you know, filling our cards. When I was growing up, we used to count the cars in, in Fort Erie parking lot and it was all the New York State uh, license plates and that. 
And there was quite a bit of them. And you alluded to the fact earlier that there were some Americans coming in on opening day. Can you see that uh, part of your demographic growing again? Are you going to be doing some special uh, you know, promotion to get the American visitors to come across the border? I really hope that we do see a lot of our uh, American fans back. I think the ones who are super uh, passionate about the sport, they are going to be there regardless. And we saw tons of them there on opening day, tons of our, you know, American friends. Um, probably about 20% of our customers are from the U.S. And I recently learned, actually, that that's a, a statistic um, similar to uh, Niagara tourism as a whole, that about 20% of our guests are from, from the U.S. So I thought, well, that's good to know that we're in line with that. Um, so hopefully, yes, we do see a lot of our, our American friends back uh, this season. It's, you know, they're, they're part of our, our family, right? Some of them have been coming, like they say, since they were, you know, you know, a little kid with their, their dad or whatever. And now in their, their 60s, 70s and 80s. So they've been with us for a long time. And hopefully now with the border easing up and it's easier to travel that we do see them back this season. Tuesday, September the 13th, the Prince of Wales Stakes. I'll get all the details at FortErieRacing.com. Antoinetta, thank you so much. Let's have a great summer and a great season at Fort Erie, uh, one of the jewels of horse racing in North America, without question. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. After the break, when we come back, friend of the show, we like this guy, Mark McKelvey, will join us again on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Stay tuned. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Live Harness Racing continues at the Meadowlands Racetrack every Friday and Saturday evening with a post time of 6.20 p.m. The Big Gams Championship meet is highlighted by the Meadowlands Pace on July 16th, and on August 6th, it's the famed $1 million Hamiltonian, headlining an exceptional day of stakes events with a special post time of 12 noon. Watch and wager on all of the Big M's exciting harness racing action through your HBI bet account and Dark Horse app and be part of the Meadowlands Racing Experience. Visit PlayMeadowlands.com for racing details. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. 
Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, friend of all, Mark McKelby joining us today. And for Mark, the next few months, oh boy, we're talking about a busy man. As Woodbine's communication manager shares us his time between Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park and maybe gets a meal here and there. Mark, welcome to the show. We appreciate it. Well, I'm certainly not lacking on meals, that's for sure, but it's always good to be talking with you guys, Jim and Larry, and uh, like you said, gearing up for what's going to be a real fun part of the year. Uh, Before we get to some of the stuff going at Woodby Mohawk Park and the uh, build-up to the Pepsi North American Cup, uh, the Ladies of the Lawn Series, the turf racing, it's back. Uh, Tell all the listeners a bit about the turf racing at Woodby and what it means to horse racing fans. Well, obviously, it's a big boost to, uh, to that part of the season, right, when we can finally get onto the grass and... Uh, of course, I think if anybody tracks the, the wagering numbers, obviously wagering will a bit higher when, when we are racing on the turf. And I think that's right across the board in, in North American uh, thoroughbred racing. But I mean, last year you go and look at the numbers and handle per race was about 600,000 for races on the EP Taylor turf course. Our inner turf now we're getting even more data as we're into, I believe this is the third or fourth year now. It opened in late June of 2019. We've never had a full season on the inner turf course uh, considering that we didn't get onto it, like I mentioned, till late June in 2019. And then, of course, 2020 and 2021 were delayed starts to the season. So we're going to be able to offer quite a, a number of races between the two turf courses throughout the season. So it's uh, it's pretty exciting. And, and I know it kind of gives a bit of a jolt to the racing scene. Obviously, you start to see the, the entry numbers climbing a little bit as well as there was those waiting for the turf racing. So all in all, uh, it's a good time of the year now that we're back on the turf. Uh, we got out there on Thursday. And then coming up this weekend, you got the Royal North Stakes this Saturday afternoon, right? So uh, we're getting right into the uh, meat of the season at this point. Talk about the uh, Ladies of the Lawn Series, Mark. Uh, Like what races does it include? What's the series? And also that there is a bit of a bonus structure structure in place, right? If uh, you win certain races, correct? Yeah, correct. So it's three of our our premier races for Phillies and Mares on the turf. Uh, The three races are the Grade 2 Dance Smartly, the Grade 2 Canadian, and it wraps up with the grade one EP Taylor. So that's all in a time frame between late July and early October. But between those three races, uh, there's points that you can accumulate for where you finish in each of those legs. And traditionally, since this uh, series was introduced back in 2019, the horse that accumulated the most points would then get a bonus uh, second and third as well. I believe in the last few years also got a bonus. But this time around, uh, there's even more incentive for that opportunity to try and sweep the ladies of the lawn series, because if a horse is able to win all three legs of the ladies of the lawn, uh, the owner is going to get a $250,000 bonus. So a quarter of a million uh, could be earned. If you take those three races uh, last year, there was two horses that competed in all three legs. I expect that number is likely going to grow. Uh, it's, uh, everybody spots those opportunities to, to pick up bonus dollars. And as well, uh, I think it's a, big shout out that needs to be given to our racing team to continue to try and uh, evolve what is already in place. You look at this series and the success that it's had the last few years, it's been well received while they've even been able now to to up the ante. So uh, you never want to let things get stale and you always want to continue to try and see what's the next step. And I think uh, adding in a, a real lucrative bonus like that should draw plenty of attention. And of course, I mean, those three races stand alone are, are pretty important races on our stakes calendar that always attract really good fields, lots of talent from uh, not just here, but, uh, you know, across the, the world. Speaking of Mark McKelvey, Woodbine's communication manager, the Woodbine Oaks, the Queen's Plate, the Woodbine Mile, it is, I mean, between now and the end of September, there are some major races happening at Woodbine. For sure. And, I mean, you start to look ahead to later in the season, 
now that the Queen's Plate is starting to settle into that spot in, in late August, uh, later in the summer, uh, getting away from where it was uh, traditionally placed, whether that be late June for quite some time or around Canada Day, I guess it takes a little while for us to really get into the heart of the stake season. Uh, the Woodbine Oaks presented by Budweiser isn't until late July, but once uh, we get to that day, uh, it's full throttle right through uh, August and September. And, of course, a day like Rico Woodbine Mild Day where you've got uh, a couple of win in your in races along with that with the uh, summer and the Natalma. Uh, that's the time of the year I think fans are, are just uh, probably enjoying racing uh, at its purest, right? You get the, the best horses coming to Woodbine and uh, makes for a lot of exciting racing. But uh, up until then, I think, you know, now's the time where everybody kind of gets that feeling out process, lots of still opportunities ahead and lots of really good racing before we really get to those big events. We're looking for a scoop here, Mark. Now, um, <laughs> what have you heard about Messe coming to the uh, for the Queen's Plate? I can tell you what I've heard, and that's uh, a whole lot of nothing. And, and that's not a, that doesn't mean he's not coming. That's not but, a scoop. Uh, obviously, we're, we're, <laughs> we're still a little ways away. Um, I know uh, the folks here at Woodbine have, have had uh, some communication with the connections of Messier, and, and obviously it's on their radar. You know, They know that uh, they could be coming here for the Queen's Plate. I, I would imagine you know, they're still up in the air exactly with what they want there. A schedule to be and what races they're going to be targeting and where he is going to land amongst the, the top three-year-olds uh, in the U.S. So I think it's just a wait and see. That being said, we recently put out our, our Queen's Play Power Rankings, and, and to no surprise, he, he was number one on the list. Uh, I was able to, to pull uh, you know, a good panel of our, our handicappers and our on-air personalities to give uh, the horses that they would rate as the top contenders for this year's uh, Queen's Plate, and uh, to no surprise, he was pretty much number one on everyone's list. So uh, I think if you add in a little bit of the buzz that we can create, I know it's on their radar for sure, and, and maybe we will see them here uh, in late August. The Pepsi North America Cup coming up. It's just around the corner, Woodbine Mohawk Park. It's a it's a massive race financially, but also in prestige and for what it means to harness racing in North America, Mark. For sure, and I, I like that you mentioned about the prestige of it. I think everybody gets... Uh, caught up in the the dollars of course it is a million dollar race and there's only so many of those in the harness racing game so with that alone uh, obviously that makes it very lucrative but uh, i think when you look back at last year's winner for example desperate man uh, a locally owned horse uh, just some small time folks that were able to cash in one of the biggest races in harness racing it just shows the, the racing at its purest and i think uh, for everyone here around woodby mohawk park and those that race in canada uh, this is their race. This is the one they, they want to win. And uh, that's no different this year. And I really expect this year is going to get us back to where the, where the race was pre pre pandemic. You know, there's not going to be restrictions on how many fans can be here. We've got the race back in its traditional spot uh, in mid June. It's the first marquee showdown of the best three-year-old pacing Colts. And uh, with that and, and the kind of party that we'll be able to put on, on site, uh, I think it's really going to generate a great buzz uh, for the entire summer, really set the tone. And keeping on the topic of uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park, you've got the Mohawk Million, you've got the Metro, mm-hmm. the Nasagawea, you've got some really huge stakes races coming up. Yeah, I mean, the entire season, uh, really the, the stakes season, we get into the heart of it uh, this coming weekend with the Sun Beach Somewhere Stakes, which is the, the final prep race for the Pepsi North America Cup. And if, if you go through our calendar and, and you're kind of circling the, the real major race dates, after the, the North America Cup, the next big race probably isn't the Welt until the Wellwood, which is, is in late August. So you, you see a bit of a gap there. But that being said, I think we've got Ontario Sire Stakes races all, almost every night 
throughout the entire summer. So even the province's best will still be on display. It makes for really good racing. And and then when, just like I mentioned uh, over on the Thornbridge side, you get to the end of August and through September, and it, it's just full throttle. It's it's all kinds of big races and lots of big nights. So that's a real exciting time of the year. And of course, we got the Breeders' Crown uh, coming up uh, in October. And I think maybe it gets a little overshadowed earlier in the year with how many big race dates we've got. But as the year progresses and uh, everybody becomes more familiar and, and we start to see the, the real uh, all-stars of each division sort of stamp themselves uh, among the, the best in racing, then it gets really exciting to think about the showdowns we're going to see here uh, for divisional honors come late October. Uh, to wrap up, Mark, on Thursday, uh, you along with Woodbine made an announcement that you got approval from the Alcohol Gaming Commission of Ontario to alter post times for Thursday and Friday cards at Woodbine. Uh, but why did you want to alter the post times and why did you need the permission? Because I think a lot of listeners are confused about that. Yeah, well, to answer that second part first, uh, of course, any decisions that we want to make, uh, you know, we have to have approved by the regulators. Uh, people might think things like post times, uh, for example, uh, the track can just decide and, and make a decision, but uh, you have to have reasoning. Hmm. And most times the, the AGCO, they'll, they'll come back and, and there's usually not many hangups, but of course they just have to review. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of people don't realize all the things that go on behind the scenes between uh, the vets and, and a lot of the other uh, regulatory um, things that have to happen uh, on a race day. So they just have to be in the know and, and have to approve. And uh, to answer the first part of your question, the wagering team here and those that oversee our wagering and, and our racing, uh, they're constantly checking out the the entire simulcast market across North America and trying to find maybe where we can slot in best to, to maximize our wagering and to bring in as many dollars as possible. And I think Twilight Racing has proved uh, that it can work. Um, but Again, I think our team looked at what Fridays were looking like for the upcoming uh, summer and the different tracks they'll be racing at different times. And they just felt based on the simulcast market that uh, making this adjustment to moving to a twilight on Thursday and then back to you know a traditional 110 start on Fridays uh, just made the most sense. Uh, it's as simple as that uh, as well. I think having uh, still one evening where you can have racing at Woodbine is pretty good for, for our hospitality business as well. Uh, coming up later this year, we're going to be opening up our, our Stella Artois uh, Terrace, which was formerly known as Champions, uh, up on the third floor in the in the grandstand. Uh, I'd have to say it's probably the best spot to watch racing. It's the best view, a great view of the city. You can watch the racing. It's open air outside, and uh, the work that's being done to, to renovate and, and present this new Stella Artois Terrace, I think uh, Thursday evenings are going to be uh, – well, for a lot of people, that's going to be a date night for sure, coming out to the track to watch the races and enjoy some some really good dining. Outstanding, Mark. As always, an absolute pleasure. That's why you were an esteemed friend of the show. Let's have a great weekend, and over the next <laughs> few weeks, we'll talk to you soon. Well, uh, next time I need my tires pumped, I'll give you guys a call. For sure. <laughs> good talking with you guys, and uh, looking forward to catching up throughout the season. Will do. After the break, Larry Simpson will look at some recent action today around North America, including the aforementioned Woodbine Mohawk Park. The Meadowlands and, of course, some racing action at several other North American tracks. So make sure that your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stick with us for Larry's Ponies Picks Today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? 
check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI bet wagering platform and the Dark Horse app, the best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Okay, before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems? Hello, time to cash in. Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Larry, the floor is yours. Thank you, Jim. Let's start at Woodbine. They have a 10-race card today, and five of these are on the grass, so I, I love it. So, including the Grade 2 Royal North Stake, which goes as Race 8 on today's card. Uh, today's second race, though, is a, is a nice maiden special weight for three-year-olds and up at seven furlongs in the turf. It has a purse of $123,200 for maiden special weights. Look at that money, eh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, number three, Alan Diggs, uh, last race, well, all you can say is, what happened? Because... Uh, this was the three-year-old Colt's uh, first lifetime start. He took significant uh, betting action and basically showed nothing at all, despite uh, working, uh, you know, he had worked well to this up to this race and everything, But uh, and his trainer was pretty good with first start uh, off a layoff and that. But uh, anyways, uh, his trainer, Katerina Vasilevi, removes the blinkers today on Alan Diggs, and the horse moves to the uh, turf course today, a surface that he's bred for. And I like the 48 and one breeze uh, workout, which uh, this horse had on May the 28th. So this guy looks like he's fit enough to perform better. And really, what does he have to do to perform? <laughs> because he was, he had, a, I've never seen it before. It's what they call a donut buyer. It was a zero. That's how bad it was. Really? So, yeah. But uh, the other interesting thing is, is leading rider Kamura, who rode the horse uh, his last start, sticks with him today. So I'm thinking that the, between the experience of that one start. The jockey. The jockey staying with the horse. He's had a nice breeze since. They've removed the blinkers. So let's take a shot today with number three, Alan Diggs in Woodbine's second race. That's why you walk around with the bling that you do with picks like that. Next. <laughs> well, that's not a bad name either, right? Eh? No. Alan Diggs? Yeah. No. 
Okay. Well, Churchill Downs has an 11 race card today, and race four is a optional $62,000 claimer for fillies and mares, three-year-olds and up, with a purse of $134,000. It's, it's a mile and an eighth on the dirt. Number three, Bees and Honey, uh, took lots of betting action at Keeneland April 15th and finished a well-beaten sixth in the... Uh, that was the filly's first start since winning the Grade Three Comley Stakes at Aqueduct on November the 26th. Bees and Honey's race was obviously a good conditioner for today's race, and today's one mile and an eighth distance. So this filly's three best races are at a mile or better, and the Grade Three Comley was guess what at today's one and one eighth mile distance. So it looks like. Uh, you know, Bees and Honey has been tuned up for this race, has three works leading up to this race. And the 97 buyer speed rating that she recorded when she won the Comley is the best of the entire field today. Hmm. So uh, uh, Bees and Honey is also moving into the barn of noted trainer Shug McGahee after racing in his son Reeves uh, for his first five uh, races of her career. A win at today's distance, a grade three stakes winner at the distance, I like the number three, Bees and Honey, in today's fourth race at Churchill Downs. Excellent. Next? Well, the Meadowlands has another uh, 12 race card tonight, and uh, 13 race card, I should say, and race 12 is a one-mile uh, pace for a purse of $12,500. Number six, better take it. Looked like he was coming up to a win, having finished third three starts back and second beating a nose two starts ago. Well, last week, better take it, didn't take it. He, uh, <laughs> he didn't get, get away from the gate as well as he had in previous starts. And his driver was forced to move at the half and sit parked out, including a first up double park moving into the uh, straight. So uh, better take it, uh, did work himself up to second, uh, but turning for home just seemed to just pack it in. There just wasn't anything left in the tank. So uh, he faded the seventh, but... Uh, I like the fact that Better Take It drops down a, a class tonight to where two back he finished second beating a nose and his regular driver Tim Tietrick returns to the bike after being absent for one start last week. So the Meadowlands race 12, number six, Better Take It. And Larry, the grand finale. Well, Woodbine Mohawk Park has a, a super card tonight with uh, several stakes races and they also have a free-for-all stakes or free-for-all uh, pace which uh, you could consider a stakes race. Um, uh, tonight's uh, ninth race is the free-for-all pace, one mile for purse of $58,500. Number five, Desperate Man, who we've spoken about many a times, yeah. uh, last year's North America Cup winner, uh, finished a close second to line drive Hanover's record performance in the Charles Jurovinsky Memorial at Flamborough on May the 22nd. This is actually Desperate Man's second time in the free-for-all class, as his season debut saw him finish fourth, but uh, he was timed in 150 flat, and that was his first start of the year. Ooh. He'd had a couple of qualifiers going into that, but uh, he wasn't able to do anything better than fourth. I think he's a little more seasoned now with two more starts in the books since then, and I think if Desperate Man can run back to his last race in the Juravinsky, then you should be able to get the job done tonight in the free-for-all. So Woodbine, Mohawk Park, race nine, number five, Desperate 
man. Outstanding. A special hello to Larry and myself, to our friend Mark of the Fans of Horse Racing. As always, thank you for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. As always, a reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of an issue of Ponies 24-7, the magazine, email Larry Simpson at the Ponies 247 experience at gmail.com. Don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign. Don't horse around with lymphoma for more info on this. Go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies, as even though the silent auction's over, you can still donate to the cost. Stick around, 105.9 The Region, all weekend long. The Legend and Rome are up next with York Region's only magazine show, The Feed. I'll be back here Monday morning. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the races. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.